Here's one for you. When there's a will, there's a way. Cabo Nation, what up, what up, what up, everyone? Welcome to episode 239. You heard that right, episode 239 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Hold up, hold up. Pause this episode, and please go rate and review the show. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Would greatly appreciate it. Then unpause it, because we have a great episode for you, man. Today's show, Chase Hughes of NBC Sports Washington, joins in to talk Wizards basketball. We talk about Denny Avdia's development, Rui Hachimura's game, should the Wizards go into full rebuild mode, and more. You could find Chase on Twitter at Chase Hughes NBCS. That's C H A S E H U G H E S N B C S. You know you could find me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O N E. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O, intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Chase Hughes, NBC Sports. Welcome to Combo's Court. How are you feeling today, Chase? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, anytime, anytime. Uh, my listeners probably know by now I'm not really a fan of a team, but I am a fan of things like this. When a player just takes another team's heart, I like stuff like that. And it's been a, <laughs> it, it's been a week already. So you know what the cycle, with the sports cycle, it feels like years ago. But, man, that Wizards-Nets game was fun to me. Um, nobody was playing defense. During my playing career, I didn't really play defense, but whatever, you know, <laughs> I'm not really the defensive guy, but just watching Westbrook knock down that shot, it was fun, man. It was just fun. I wish there was a crowd there, but tell me more about that game and what, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, it was uh, the best win of the season so far, I think, for the Wizards, or at least uh, the most exciting one. I, I might argue that the win over the Miami Heat last night was better just because they actually played defense, and I think it was a more sustainable model for success right? Uh, rather than beating a team. Uh, you know, 149, 146, but, you know, they had to score six points in seven seconds. Um, it was one of those games where I thought they had lost and I was, you know, typing up the tweet, like, you know, Wizards lost, here's their new record. And they just pulled a miracle out. And it, it had to do with Bradley Beal making a clutch shot. And then Garrison Matthews, who's an undrafted player out of Lipscomb University. And for much of this season, hadn't been in the rotation uh, you know, he stole the ball on that inbounds play and threw it to Russell Westbrook, who's not a great three point shooter. And then he knocks down the go ahead shot. Yeah. Um, so it was a pretty amazing story. You know, uh, Garrison Matthews is undrafted, hadn't been in the rotation. He's the only NBA player ever from Lipscomb University. And he was playing closing minutes because the Wizards, of course, had six games postponed due to the coronavirus. Yeah, and he was the guy uh, more than anyone who proved himself during that time and earned an opportunity. And that's the only reason why he was on the floor at that moment. Yeah. The one thing about him, he just seems tough. Like he's not scared of the moment at all, you know? Yeah. And that's uh, not something, at least the tough part, especially on defense that you would describe many players on the wizards as, 
you know oh, they're man. pretty much the worst defense in the NBA, and they just don't have very many. Uh, guys is it worse than the like Nets? I don't know. I don't know if it's worse than the Nets. Nets are pretty bad, but they're both right there. <laughs> yeah, they're right up there. I mean, they're both like some of the best offensive teams in the NBA, and yeah. uh, but but at the same time, some of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. I mean, yeah, you got James Harden, Kyrie Irving uh, now together on the same team. That's not a good recipe for defense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they basically have this crazy imbalance. It's it's the opposite of uh, the Cavaliers. If you look at their numbers, they can't score, but they're really good at defense. It's almost like maybe these teams should make a trade so they could balance each other out. Nah, most definitely. Most definitely. We got to get to Bradley Beal because the reports and the body language, they're not really matching up, Chase. They're not really matching up. You know, when Bradley Beal is like not really engaged in the huddle, not really dapping up teammates. I mean, it just looks different than what they're actually saying is going on with these press releases. So tell me more about what you're seeing there. Yeah, Bradley Beal is clearly frustrated. And it's so funny because like, he and you know some people close to him like his wife have tweeted about how like well people are making too much of the body language but you saw the clips I mean it's pretty obvious that that, like the guy is frustrated and this season is weighing on him and the losing definitely has something to do with it but also the Wizards have just been through some pretty unprecedented stuff Uh, you know getting six players to test positive for the coronavirus and six games postponed and and you know he I think he's been trying to work his way back into shape after weeks without practice. And same thing with his teammates. It's been a tough year for them. Um, But, you know, they've kind of denied that he's frustrated in that way. But it's pretty obvious. All you got to do is watch the game. And and his body language is not the same as you're used to seeing. But he doesn't want out. He, He still remains determined to figure this out with the Wizards. And is that real chase or is that just them trying to not let the leverage get away from them? No, I think it's real. You know, it's really up to him. The Wizards don't want to trade him, and they're not going to want to trade him until he wants out, and he hasn't suggested that he wants out. Okay. Um, and he has a, he actually has some pretty strong feelings about requesting trades. You know, I did an interview with him at All-Star Weekend two years ago, and he basically suggested that he would never request a trade, at least midseason, because he doesn't want to create a distraction for his team, and he doesn't he doesn't like how it's gone for other players, like Anthony Davis at the time was trying to get out of New Orleans. So I don't know if he's going to request a trade anytime soon, um, but certainly you wonder where his patience is. But really, this doesn't have to come to a head now because he's under contract through next season. Technically, the season after, it's a player option. But I yeah. think, you know, if they continue to lose, maybe it'll get interesting at the trade deadline, but it would really be something in this upcoming offseason that they would have to, to really look at. So Chase, from the Wizards' point of view, do you think it would benefit them most to go in full rebuild mode and go without Beal at this point? You know what? I actually kind of have a, an opposite view of everyone on this. Everyone's like, oh, you should trade Bradley Beal for a bunch of picks. I would, and it sounds a little risky, I would actually package a bunch of picks and trade for another player, another star. And, you know, I, I don't know if Carl Anthony Towns would ever be available from the Timberwolves, but someone who kind of fits that profile, who would compliment Bradley Beal and is young. And, you know, I'd call him up and I'd say, whether it's a Towns or someone else, you know, basically anything you want but Bradley Beal will give you. And if you could bring in a player like that or a player of Bradley Beal's caliber and then try to make it work over the course of the next calendar year, if it doesn't work out, you don't have all your draft picks, but you can get them back by either trading Bradley Beal or that player, or you can double up by trading both guys and go into a full rebuild. So I, I think there's merit to wanting to build with Bradley Beal like the Wizards are trying to do. And part of that, part of that reasoning is the fact that he continues to ascend you know, he's leading the league in scoring right now. He's 27. He's gotten better like five, six years in a row. Most I don't definitely. fault him for wanting to see where this goes because he has not tapped into his full potential yet. He continues to get even better. Yeah, yeah. No, most definitely, most definitely. 
Great player. Uh, I wanted to shift to Denny. And how has his transition been? Did he did he did he find some place to get some falafel and shawarma? Uh, <laughs> how are how, how is his development going? How do the Wizards like his skill set? What position do you see him playing going forward with this team? Well, so far, apparently, he's a big fan of Chipotle. Uh, oh, really? Good... So he, no more falafel. You just gave well, it up. Once he left I don't know. Well, I don't know if he's found his spot yet, but there's definitely good places in D.C. for that. Okay, uh, okay. Actually, one of the best, like the Washington Post says, the best hummus in D.C. is at this place called uh, Little Sesame, which is like basically connected to Capital One Arena where the Wizards play. So, Well, let me I tell actually... you, I, I lived in Israel. I played in Israel, so I will be going there when next time I'm in the D.C. area. I'll yeah. Go. It's good. It's good. So I gave him that recommendation one time on a Zoom conference call. Uh, but he's transitioned much quicker than I thought he would. You know, he was in the EuroLeague, which is the second best league in the world. But yep. he wasn't really like a main player on his team at Maccabi Tel Aviv. Uh, he right, averaged right. about 14 minutes a game, about four points a game. Shot a really low percentage from the three-point line. It was like 27%. And the free, um, and the free throw percentage is what was concerning because yeah. dra- draft analysts uh, love – and even I – look at this as well when you look at free throw percentages it kind of could translate to what they'll be as three-point shooters right because it's the same distance in every league right you know you know i mean it's just like it kind of tells you about like shooting mechanics um and feel and he's like completely bucked all those expectations and become a really good shooter you know i was just seeing today he's like 11th in the nba in three-point shooting shooting 46.7 percent wow and you know the attempts aren't all that high but Clearly in the nine months between his last EuroLeague game and his first NBA game, he put in a lot of work behind closed doors and adjusted his mechanics. Well, it was, it was on social media too. It wasn't only behind closed doors. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> true. It was on social media, but he adjusted his mechanics and he's got a higher release and he's got a quicker release. And, you know, he's not really shooting off the dribble. He shoots a, a very low percentage when it's off even one dribble. Um, but when it's catch and shoot, he can knock him down and it's, yep. uh, it's allowed him to stay in the rotation and get consistent playing time. So his shooting has been better than I thought it would be. His defense has been better than I thought it would be just because he's a rookie and he was a good defender in the Euro league, but it's tough to defend in the NBA as a young player. And you're seeing him get called for some fouls that, you know, are probably just a matter of him being a rookie. Cause he's pretty good at staying vertical. Um, and also he's a really good passer in the half court. Um, you know, he really understands the angles and the geometry of the game and his pocket passing is really advanced for his age. And you're seeing the, the speed and the control of the ball in transition that I think was the number one selling point of him at six, nine, what he can do with the ball in his hands on the fast break is really special. So he's making an impact earlier than I thought he would. And he played his way into the starting lineup and he's backed that up hundred percent so far. So you're not concerned about a long-term future for him. You think he'll be a player in this league for years to come. I do. I think his long-term ceiling is, is really high. Uh, you know, he's a very athletic player. He underst- he's got, just got a really good feel for the game. His basketball yeah, IQ really stands out among the Wizards. And, um, you know, his long-term ceiling ultimately is going to have to determine whether that was the right pick because uh, it, it turns out that the Wizards, as much as people said, you know, some negative things about this draft the wizards at number nine were in a really good position where they could have gone four or five different directions and made a good selection and they picked denny obvia because they really liked him and he was high on their board but there were some good guys who were picked after him you know devin vassell in san antonio looks good precious achu in miami looks good and tyrese halliburton in sacramento that's the guy i was trying to tell people about pre-draft i was i was telling people they weren't listening 
the only he, he's at least I think at minimum a top two rookie right now him and LaMelo Ball and there's a chance yes. he wins rookie of the year and he was picked 12th overall so you know you, you don't want to pass on a potential star if not a superstar I, I love Ty- Tyrese Halliburton coming out of the draft I thought he was a top five guy me too and his speed at the NBA level is really standing out to me and his length and he's got a higher ceiling than I think people gave him credit for I think he's going to be a perennial all-star because his feel for the game and his versatility is unbelievable. 100%. So Denny Avdia, the Wizards did really well for themselves, but just among fans and the perception, uh, it could be affected by the guys that were picked after him. Most definitely, most definitely. The two guys I was highest on was Edwards and Halliburton by far. And I think Edwards is showing some flashes. Edwards showing some flashes. Um, okay, Rui Hachimura. What are you seeing from him? Um, he plays hard, man. That guy plays hard, right? Like every single possession. Like he reminds me of the guy at the gym that like will face guard you full court and like <laughs> foul you every time, you know, but, but uh, what have you seen from his game? He's been good. You know, he was all rookie last year. Uh, yeah. First Wizards all rookie player since Bradley Beal in 2013. So it's not often that we see a guy hit the ground running like he did. And, you know, he was 21 when he got drafted and he played three years in college. So that was expected. He's a good scorer. You know, he's really good in the mid range. He's really good around the rim and you're seeing yeah. him get even better around the rim. Cause he clearly added some muscle in the off season, the three point shooting uh, is still a work in progress. You know, he's a little bit more efficient than he was last year, but it, he still doesn't look all that confident from three point range, but I, I'm seeing uh, some progress from him uh, defensively and rebounding. And that's important because he was a little bit one dimensional last year. He'd get you 13 points a game, maybe five rebounds, but you know, wasn't a great playmaker, which is good, good, which is good for, for your first year, you know? Yeah, for sure. But you know, his long-term ceiling is going to depend on how he rounds out his game and and whether he can add some versatility to it offensively and defensively. And so far this season, you know um, it's, it's been sort of a mixed bag. He's had a tough going, you know, he had conjunctivitis, which is a a severe case of pink eye in both eyes. So he missed time for that. Then he got coronavirus and missed several weeks due to that. And last year he had injuries too. So he's, he hasn't even played 60 games yet as a pro, even though he's in his two, second season. So it's a work in progress, but I saw a lot of, um, I, I saw some growth on uh, uh, last night against the Miami Heat because he only shot three for 11 from the field, but he got nine boards and five assists and he played really good defense, including he had a, a, a really important uh, contested shot against Jimmy Butler with 55 seconds to go. And it just showed to me that, you know, if his shot's not falling, he can still make an impact in the game. And, and you didn't really see that from him last year. It was like, if he's not scoring, which wasn't often, he was a consistent scorer, but when he wasn't right. scoring, then he didn't really make that big of an impact. But now he, he's sort of, he's, he's becoming a more well-rounded player. What's like a player comp for Rui, you think? Like best case? So a lot of people- have I, I know where you're going to go. <laughs> A lot of people are throwing Kawhi asked. Leonard out there, That's but no, I, I, I don't believe in the Kawhi Leonard. He might be Kawhi Leonard, you know, minus the D because he's not, <laughs> he's not a great defensive player. So I, he I plays I thought, hard on defense though. He plays he hard. Does. He, he does. does. But yeah, you know, I mean, come on. Kawhi's the best uh, wing defender of his generation, you know, like yeah, he's sure, one of the best sure. wing defenders of all time. So that's lofty, but um, you know, coming out of the draft, I thought, uh, I thought Gordon Hayward was a good high end uh, yeah, comparison for him. Gordon's skill set in the mid range is elite though. That's the only. Right. But similar size and yeah. not necessarily going to like throw down a windmill dunk, but he's uh, when he gets downhill, he's tough to deal with. And, and Gordon Hayward de- de- uh, developed a three, you know, as his career went on. And, and, I think- and Gordon, Gordon, his feel is just way better, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, Rui's young. I think the best comparison though is TJ Warren. 
of the Pacers. Okay. Because TJ Warren came in and all he could do was was score around the rim and around. Hopefully the it's range. Bubble Warren, right? Hopefully it's Bubble yeah. Warren. Yeah, but I mean they have a very similar build. Like TJ Warren is built exactly like Kawhi Leonard and Rui Hachimura. Like they have the same frame. Yeah. Um, you know, big yeah. shoulders, uh, long arms, and when they get downhill, they're tough to stop. And TJ Warren, over the course of his career, has developed a three-point shot. And you saw it all come together in the bubble. So I think if Rui can continue to work on his outside shooting, he could be a TJ Warren-like player, which is essentially a fringe all-star. Yeah. Speaking of all-star, we will have the all-star game. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I've been to Atlanta not too long ago. Things are super open there. But uh, (laughs) what do you? I kind of want to see some first-year guys get in and get to play. So I like the idea of this all-star game. I want to see Christian Wood get a... You know, get a nod. I'd love to see Zach Levine get a nod. We'll see if all that happens. But what are your thoughts on the NBA going forward with this All-Star game? Well, yeah, I mean, it's obviously getting a lot of criticism, even from some players right now. You know, it's like, is it worth doing this uh, when it's so tough to even play some of these games? I mean, the Wizards had six games postponed due to the coronavirus. Um, you know, the, the All-Star game, um, I, I think they should name All-Stars. I don't like what Major League Baseball did this year where they didn't even name All-Stars. Um, you know, reward the guys in some fashion Definitely. for playing well. You know, there's contract incentives and stuff like that that are tied to that. So I want them to at least name All-Stars. And and from my perspective covering the Wizards, you know, you just want to see if Bradley Beal will get it or if he'll get snubbed even though he's leading the league in scoring. Because last year he set NBA records for the highest scoring average you know, at the all-star break for not being an all-star. And he had one of the highest scoring averages ever for not being an all NBA player. So uh, it's ended up becoming like an annual thing for us around here to see whether Bradley Beal can score enough points to force the issue, despite the wizard's record. If he was leading the league and scoring averaging about 35 points a game and he didn't get it, I'd be pretty shocked. But then again, I was surprised last year. So anything can happen when it comes to Bradley Beal and those types of accolades. Most definitely. All right. Last thing before we get out of here, if something with Beal were to happen and he were to leave, where does that leave Westbrook? Because this is going to be almost like, well, they don't have the draft picks like OKC, but it'll be full, full rebuild mode, right? Where does that leave Westbrook in all this if Beal were to leave for some reason? Well, I think if you traded Bradley Beal, you'd get uh, ideally a ton of draft picks. That's and, true. That's true. And, and maybe, uh, you know, a young player. I think the Paul George trade with the Thunder and the Clippers would be the best framework. You know, maybe you don't get quite as much because Paul George was the first team all NBA player at the time. Um, but you could ideally get something like that where you got Shea Gilgis Alexander and a boatload of first round picks. And yeah, they should have never high, they should have never gave up Shea. I don't know how they did that. That was crazy. I know. And Gallinari. But if, yeah. if you sold high, you could maybe get something uh, you know, like a B rate version of that trade. And then you're looking to develop whatever young player you get back and you know, bank on those draft picks. So I think you'd probably want to trade Russell Westbrook at that point and, right. you know, you just blow it all up. If, if you're going to go into a rebuild, I don't, I don't know if you want Russell Westbrook around, you know, maybe you could reason it. You don't, you know why you don't want him? He might drag you into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, <laughs> but, you know, maybe you could reason it uh, by saying, you know, he could help you set the culture moving forward because he's such a hardworking guy in practice and in games. But yeah, I, I would guess that if Beal's gone, then one of the next moves is that Russell Westbrook will be gone. Uh, and depending on how he's playing at the time, we'll see what they can get because obviously that's a big contract and a guy who's aging. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting how this all plays out. So you're saying you think Beal will be here for the rest of the season. I do. I think he'll be here through the rest of the season. And if they miss the playoffs, then it's going to get really interesting in the off season because I think, 
you know, the Wizards will have to, you know, it'll they'll reach decision time because they don't want to let this guy leave in free agency. And technically they could go into the following season and, you know, wait it out until the trade deadline when they actually have to make a move before risking losing him. But you got to start considering that this coming off season, if things go south, continue to go south this year. Chase, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Uh, where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? Yeah, you can find me uh, at Chase Hughes NBCS, and I write a lot of stuff at NBC Sports Washington. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. This was a fun conversation. We'll have to do it again. Oh, yeah, most definitely. It was great having you on. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. There it is. Episode 239 is in the books. Thank you to everyone who listens to Combo's Court across the globe. And big shouts to Chase for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. I'll say it again because it's important. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Also, if you have Instagram, take a screenshot of this episode, post it on your IG stories, tag me at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. I'll share it. And be on the lookout for episode 240 Combo out.